Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here, along with Shawn. Check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All the fights that we talk about, they're going to be up on the blog the next day. The ones from last week are already up. Okay, so the first, uh, before we get into this, I wanted to talk a little bit about what happened on Monday's Raw. First of all, the WWE announced that uh, Rhea Ripley, who was supposed to get a title shot on um, Money in the Bank, uh, I guess she has a concussion. She had some dental work. And the concussion is a byproduct of that, so she's not in it anymore. So they had a five-way match to determine the next challenger. Turned out to be Carmella, so we know that's going to be a lousy match. Uh, later in the night, at the main event, the show, uh, Asuka beat uh, um, uh, Becky Lynch to get into the Money in the Bank match. So, And it was a pretty good match. So the video's up on my blog, so be sure to check that out. Okay, Schwan, let's uh, start with Saturday's. Uh, Natalia Silva beat Jasmine Jazdavicious by unanimous decision. So Natalia is from Minas Gerais, Brazil. She trains at Team Boracha, and um, uh, that is owned by uh, UFC middleweight Paulo Costa. Now, she was supposed to debut in the UFC last year, but she suffered a uh, broken arm, and so she that was delayed until now. Um, you know, usually when it's somebody debuting like that, Schwan, I usually watch some tape on her, but she hadn't fought since 2019, so I didn't really think that was going to be very helpful. And um, uh, Daniel Cormier on the broadcast really confirmed that uh, she's totally different now, and uh, she's kind of small for a flyweight, so um, similar to um, uh, uh, Viviane Araujo in that respect. Uh, Jasmine is from St. Catharines, Ontario. She trains at Niagara Top Team with, um, what's the guy's name? Uh, David Prickett. And, um, you know, I guess the bottom line here is that uh, Natalia really outclassed Jasmine. Jasmine looked like she didn't belong in the UFC to me. Well, what this, the thing is, and I, I've said this before, we've had this discussion. A lot of fighters get injured, or they, you know, whatever, even they have a, they fail a drug test, whatever the reason is, or they take a break from the sport, they're not competing. And in that time when they're not competing, all they're doing, they're not getting better. What they're basically doing is just le- resting on the laurels. They might stay in shape. They might keep doing the same thing, but they're not developing. Even though Silva was off during this time, for, and I asked around a little bit, she was working on her game. She was taking steps forward in her game as far as how she set herself up, as far as how she applied her skills, as far as how she met distant, managed distance, she started relying on strategy and skill to enhance her, phys- her physical talents and not just rely purely on them. So now you see her a year, two years later, and she's a much better fighter. And this is what I'm talking about. During your downtime, actually work on your craft so that when you get your shot, instead of looking like a so-so fighter, you come in there and look like you're ready to step into the top, t- top 15. And that's what she looked like. She's, she's small for the weight class, She's quick, and she, she hits, obviously hits hard. She obviously, obviously has fast hands, but usually when you see fighters like that, they like to just blow someone out. They come out there and, and just fight in spots. When you saw her fighting against Jasmine, she was controlling the distance. She was moving, circling out, so Jasmine couldn't pressure her to the fence. She was throwing out kicks and, and jabs as a, as a range finder. She had a multi-layered attack, 
that made it hard for Jasmine to impose her size and her physicality. Because that's what Jasmine wanted to do. Jasmine's slow-footed, she's strong, and she's more of a wrestler. She's trying to back you down and grind you down. She refused to give Jasmine the fight she needed to have for her to have any success. And that's what Kay Hansen could have done, but Kay Hansen didn't work on her craft. She fights, but Kay Hansen did not work on her craft. Silva works on her craft, and it's clear between if you've seen her before and you've seen her now, much more refined, much more polished. Yeah, I mean, uh, she was an underdog too, Sean, so I think some people made, uh, made a few bucks on this deal. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and I want to say, I don't think Jasmine is not UFC worthy per se, but the thing is, Jasmine is, she's one of those fighters, you fight at certain weight classes, some people fight at weight classes because they feel their skill or athleticism gives an advantage. Jasmine fights at a ways, this weight class because she feels that her size her cardio, and her physicality give her an advantage. If she can get her hands on most girls, she's going to bully them. She's going to take put them against the cage, wear them out. She's going to take them down and wear them out. And if it goes into an exchange, since most girls in this division aren't really good strikers, much less dy- athletically dynamic strikers, she can she can exchange with them because she can take three, and her one is better than their three. All this, this, this type of fighter, though, exposes all her weaknesses. She's slow-footed. She's heavy on that front foot. And she's not a fluid striker. She can wrestle a little bit, but she doesn't have the footwork and the feints to get into position to wrestle. So Silva's just running around in a circle, chopping her legs, attacking multiple levels, sticking a jab in her face, getting her out of position and punishing her at every turn. She just faced an opponent who was just outside of her class athletically and outside of her class technically. And her corner didn't do her any favors. There's a lot of things she could have done better to get to the spot she wanted to. But I don't know if her corner didn't tell her or she just doesn't listen but they made no adjustment. She just kept thinking she was going to bully her. So it's not that she's a bad fighter, but she's just a very limited fighter who relies exclusively on that physicality and her pace. She doesn't have a lot of actual tools to win fights, if you watch her. That's why I thought Kay Hansen would beat her, but Kay Hansen is not a very smart fighter, so she got beat up in a very one-sided fight. Yeah, she looked way out of her league here. Um, would she be better off moving up to bantamweight? I don't know, because her... At this weight class, there's a lot of fighters she can be, just on physicality and pace. At Bantamweight, she's not going to have those physical advantages. She'll still be able to hold her own, but those girls can back her up. Those positions she likes to get to, even if she gets those positions, a lot of girls are going to be able to shrug her off. Um, I think right – and she's not a good enough athlete to just dominate a Bantamweight with athleticism. I think this is a good weight class for her. I just think against a certain caliber, a certain style of opponent, she's going to run into roadblocks. And and this one more thing I need to say is a person who's worked with fighters – most fighters come up with a strategy or approach that will work against, let's say, 75 to 87% of fighters. Their strategy and approach does not work against that top 10 to 13%. That's where they run into roadblocks. But if you're a fighter and you can beat 87% of the fighters you face, you'll have a good career, you'll make some money, you'll probably get into title contention. What you'll never do is really become a legitimate contender because you, don't, you haven't been developing a skill set to counter Fighters who can stick and move, fighters who got good footwork, fighters who know how to work through positions instead of jumping in and out of them can go one, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. That's where the limitation shows up. And you see it in the men's division, and now you're starting to see it in the women's division and start to fill out. You see a girl who stomps everybody else, then she gets to three or four fighters, and she looks like she's never fought a day in her life because her style is built to beat the, the majority, not that minority who is elite. And that's what happened with Jasmine. Jasmine style will have her winning against the majority. Against the elite, she's going to get the hell kicked out of her repeatedly. Schwan, Natalia is very similar to me, to uh, Yanni Arbor. 
where I just think she's too small to be a flyweight. Like, I think she'd be better off at strawweight. And uh, her winning like that didn't really change my tune on that. No, she hits hard. But if she's a strawweight, I think she probably would have knocked somebody out at strawweight. She, she was her footwork, her footwork and her movement, and the fact that she's so quick is going to allow her to navigate against limited fighters because they won't, they don't have the footwork, they don't have a consistent jab, they don't throw body head combinations, they don't have the skills to put to consistently put her in positions where they can use their physicality and their size and their power against her. But if she faces better opponents, her her footwork isn't going to be as much of a dis is not going to be as much of an advantage and her power is not going to scare people off. Even in the fight against Jasmine, Jasmine caught her a couple times in exchanges and Silva has this bad habit. If she gets back on her heels, when she throws that counter left hook and she sticks her chin up, when she starts putting combinations together against a better, quicker handed fighter or a slightly better striker, she would have been in trouble. So it'd be better for her to move in a smaller weight class because she'll have more margin for error, but she's going to be able to put, three to four wins together this weight class, she might even be able to get the contention if they match her up appropriately. But at her best, she'd probably be better at this weight class. But she's probably going to see how far she can go with this weight class. And when she starts having trouble or she takes a beating, even if she wins, then she'll probably drop down. She'll be like, ah, you know what? I hit my limit. Let me go back down, and then I'll come back up later. That's what I'm thinking that her team will do for her. But right now, her athleticism and her style of fighting is going to be very, very difficult for a large majority of these fairly slow, fairly clunky stand-up fighters in this weight class to handle. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Maria Oliveira beat Gloria De Paula by split decision. Okay, Maria is a PRVT fighter. I've seen her before. You know, before you mean a Jessica Andrade clone? Well, yeah, Jessica was actually in her corner. And this is an example of Maria. If they were still in Brazil, she wouldn't be here. Okay, she wouldn't be in the UFC. They would never brought her up. They're in I, Vegas. Do, I do I do respect Jessica for that though. I respect her for not just getting herself on, but making sure her whole team gets on. That that's a good teammate. I, I, well, I, well, PRVT is now in Vegas, so they're able to, you know, get fights at short notice and that sort of thing. You know, Gloria. That's what I'm saying. She, she, they have them in position. Or how many camps have fighters who could take a fight on short notice? And they're like, nah, we don't want to take it. Their management and Jessica are making sure their guys are getting in there and getting a chance to get their feet wet and making a name for themselves. Yeah, she's pretty bad, and and even in this fight, she was bad. Yeah, but, there's an argument that Gloria beat her. There could be an argument. Well, I think her style it reminded me quite a bit of <laughs> Caitlin Chukagian, okay, because it fools judges. She throws a lot, but she doesn't land enough to, to win what? fights. Well, this this is um this is something I talked about because later on they had something I've told people about Caitlin Chukagan, something I've told people about people who are volume who have big bursts of offense. If you're a fighter and you're fighting that kind of person, there's three lines of defense. There's where you avoid it, you slip, you duck, you move your leg, whatever. You avoid the strikes, you parry them where you slap them down, you meet them, you turn them off, you get get them off protection. And the last thing is when when you actually cover up. And when you're a fighter, if the judges are watching a fight and an opponent that, that throws 15 punches and you cover up and they only land three punches out of that 15, all they're seeing is that you're backing up and you're a defensive posture and you're covering up. Because most MMA fighters don't know how to pivot out of a pivot and they don't know how to step out in an angle. They back up in straight lines. So even though somebody's throwing 15 shots and they're not landing clean, they're still landing. You can tell me they didn't land my face, they didn't hit my body. 
you didn't have enough defense to get the hell out of the way. You're covering up. So they're still touching you. They're still touching you, and they're throwing three times as many strikes as you're throwing. So even though they're not touching you clean, they're still touching you, and you can't do anything to slow their volume. You can't do anything to back them up, and you can't put your combinations together. It looks like you're losing the fight. If you land three or four solid shots, and I land three or four solid shots, but I also land 12 shots to your arms, it looks like I'm controlling it because you're backing off and you're afraid to engage with me because you're afraid to take those flurries. Now, if you look closely at it, you understand those strikes aren't landing, but guess what? They're still out throwing you, and you're still you're throwing a low volume, and you're having a low volume amount of shots landed. They're outworking you. You're making it look bad because you keep conceding, and you can't stop their forward pressure. Gloria DePaula was actually the smarter fighter, and I can relate to how she fights. Safety first. I'm going to let you throw your shots. I'm going to cover up. I'm going to back up. I'm going to make sure I don't run into anything. Then I'm going to slowly start walking you down. Leg kicks, jab, front kick. And she started walking her down. But the fact of the matter is she kept giving up ground and she kept letting Maria touch her. Maria kept touching her. Gloria wasn't always touching her. Gloria missed a lot of strikes and Gloria didn't throw a lot of strikes. If you're going to throw low volume, you have to be devastating or you have to land them and you have to not get touched. Gloria got touched a lot and she couldn't really back Maria up. Maria essentially controlled the fight. So, Schwan, Schwan, Gloria knew that her contract was up. And as we found out, what was it, overnight? Last night, yeah. I think. Her, they're not renewing her contract, okay? UFC is not renewing her contract. And uh, for those who are wondering how I found that out, I follow a Twitter account called UFC Fight Watch, and they, they tell us when fighters are released, right? Okay, yeah. so... So she knew that her contract was up. Why did she fight like that? It's, 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 and also, this will touch on the open scoring. When people say, open scoring, let the fighters know. Some fighters don't have a dog in them. And what I mean dog is they fight safe. They'll sit there and they'll jab you and they'll land the cleaner shots and you'll see the technique. You'll see the gap in technique and strategy. You'll see the difference in the poise. But what they won't do is put themselves in the line of fire to risk getting win. Talia Santos could have beat Valentina Shevchenko if she would have taken chances. The only reason Valentina right. didn't be, reason Valentina didn't beat Amanda Nunes does just does Jennifer Pena does Juliana Pena have a better jab than Valentina? No, but Julian Juliana Pena is willing to take chances. Valentina isn't. Gloria DePaula had her had Maria backing up, but instead of putting two jabs behind it and throwing a hard right hand, she just picked her with a jab. She just picked her with the front kick. She needed to double and triple that volume and take some chances, but. She got scared off early by Maria's aggression. And I bet Maria's camp said, Gloria DePaul is a safety first fighter. You jump on her immediately. And from that point on, she's going to be hesitant to engage. And there are moments Gloria could have taken over and she didn't. It's just who she is as a fighter. It's either who she is as a fighter or her camp did not tell her what to do in the corner. And if they did tell her, then all it is is she's not that kind of fighter to ramp it up. And anytime she faces better athletes, she won't take chances. Maria's a better athlete. And she didn't want to risk getting caught, so she played it safe. She should have been tripling that jab. She should have been throwing body-head combinations. She threw one leg kick and one high kick. That should have been two hard leg kicks. Jab, jab, hard leg kick. Jab, jab, hard leg kick. Jab, jab, right hand, hard body kick. But she didn't put them together. She was just pot-shotting because she was trying to navigate and control the distance. She gave that fight away. She had moments to take it over, and she just refused to take it over because she won't bite down on her mouth guard and go get it. She doesn't have any dog in her. That's the problem. That's a mental thing. You can't fix that. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. But Schwann, she knew her contract was expiring. 
She knew it, but she does not have any dog in her. And people are going to say, well, you're not a fighter. You know, I work with a lot of fighters. I'm not talking to some idiot who worked with the, the king of the Nevada rage cage. I'm talking about people. I've worked with world-class fighters before. Gloria DePaula does not have any dog in her. That's all is to it. And I know it's easy to say. She needed to bite down and build on her combinations. It was pot shot. One, two. It was never one, two, three, four, five. If she would have turned the volume up, Maria was dead tired halfway through second round. She could have beat her ass. She wouldn't put the shots together. She chose not to. She didn't want to take a risk getting knocked out or getting hurt. She was going to slowly walk her way in there and only fight when she had to. So Maria could just back off and Gloria just jab, front kick, jab, front kick. And when Maria threw off, she threw flying knees, kicks, throwing combinations, check. She threw a bunch of stuff. And Gloria would just pick it, pick it away, pick it away. You can pick away when you have the but, lead. You don't pick Troy, away when you have Yes, she was throwing. But 99% of it didn't land. True. But if you're throwing 15 punches and I'm only throwing three, we both land three, but one of us is throwing 12 more, it looks better on your part. You threw three, you landed three. I threw, t- I threw 15, I landed three. It looks like I'm outworking you because if I'm not hitting you and I'm so sloppy, then why aren't you making me pay for it? Who cares if you make me miss? You have to make me pay. And Gloria didn't even make her miss. She covered up. Maria was touching her the whole time. She knew exactly where Maria was, and she wouldn't fire off. She does not have any dog in her. She's a front runner in that regard. When somebody's a better athlete, a bigger athlete, she will not pull the trigger because she don't like she don't like what's coming back at her. That's it. Sorry, professional. This is my professional opinion. Working with world class fighters who are ranked 15, 20 spots higher than her. I'm not talking about working with fighters who are in the bottom 30 in the world. I'm talking about working with fighters who are in the top seven. Yeah, I don't know, man. Got to give Gaylord Perron a lot of credit because he's he's the one who uh, who uh, told her to do that. Hey, she she's got the skills. She should have ramped it up. That's what I told her in the corner. Look, I would have been like, "You're losing this fight. I need threes, fours, and fives. This one two bullshit out the window. Threes, fours, and fives. You're not going to three fours and fives. You're throwing the towel in. If you're not throwing three fours and fives, I'm throwing the towel in. You're wasting our time." Yeah. Well, the end result is stronger in the UFC, Schwan. Yep. And, and she's she's better than that. She's not great, but she's she's better than that fighter. All right. Let's move on to. There's only one uh, women's fight on Saturday's show, and that is uh, at uh, strawweight Jinyu Fry versus Vanessa Demopoulos. Now Jinyu Fry is on a two-fight winning streak, which with her time training at Fortis MMA in Houston with Saif Saud. Okay? So I'm expecting her to win again. I like better training with Saif Saud. It, co- it coincides with that, but it also coincides with fighting Ashley Yoder and Gloria DePaula. Well, I don't think Vanessa Demopoulos is any better than them two. How about that? The Vanessa I reminds... Go ahead, go ahead. Vanessa reminds me of Jasmine Jazdavicious. Vanessa... What was she at LFA for about four years? Every time yeah. she got an opportunity to, oh, if you win this fight, you get the UFC, she would lose. <laughs> and, yeah, finally, and finally, yeah. she made it the UFC. Okay. Now, she's training these days at Black House in Los Angeles, and she's also at Fight Ready in, uh, in Phoenix, you know, with Henry Cejudo and those guys. So you can't say she's not a good camps, but the thing is, um, I think she's in big trouble here. Her, her issue is that, much like a lot of fighters, she has a hard time 
get in the fight to where she wants to because she doesn't know how to manage distance. She wants to grapple and get into these scrambles and extended scrambles and tie-ups so she can get submissions or work from the top. But her, she didn't have an ability to close distance without getting clipped, and she doesn't have a, an ability to stay at distance and land effectively without getting countered. Henry Cejudo is a master at getting to your spots and getting to your spots fairly unscathed. So she should improve in that regard. Her issue is she's not, she's she's fairly athletic, but she's not very physical and she's not very durable. Um, and she, she's still not a great wrestler, but I'm sure she's taking some steps forward in that. Prize um, to win this because she's more experienced. She's still a better athlete. She's physically tougher. And she's actually been refining her skill set. She's probably the best fighter technically than she's been in the entirety of her career. And I wish she would have made this change about three to five years earlier because she might very well be undefeated and contending for a title right now. I would expect Jinyu Fry to walk her down, but I, expect, I also expect Vanessa DeMopoulos to be much better than the last time we saw her. I have to set her stuff up. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. Basically, we both think Jinyu Fry is going to win this fight, right? Yes. But I, right. I do think it look a lot better. Again, that fight will be up on my blog on Sunday morning. Uh, anything else you want to talk about, Sean? Um, I think Elira Joanne is fighting on Bellator um, this week. I forgot who she's fighting. The one girl who dances all the time. I cannot remember her name. Alejandra Lara. There you go. That should be a favorable matchup for her because Lara is kind of a one-dimensional fighter. She's athletic. She can strike. She's not good at wrestling. She's not great at submissions. So Joanne should win this, and this should propel her to another more higher-ranked fighter. Um, but outside of that, that's all, that's all I have. And I, I think Laura might end up being cut from Bellator if she loses this fight. I, I think this is pretty much her last, her last go-around if she doesn't win. Okay, that's about it. Again, if, uh, uh, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. All the fights that we talk about are up on the blog. And like I said, for this Saturday, this fight will be up on my blog on Sunday morning. If you have any questions or comments for either my blog or my podcast, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later.